Hey everybody, this is part two of our two-part episode. If you haven't listened to the first half, please check that out now. I think access to mentorship um, is a huge, huge aspect of all of this. Mm-hmm. And like you say, you know, there are more and more men, especially, you know, post the Me Too movement, which did some great things in raising awareness, also did some horrible Absolutely. things yeah. in um, setting up a, an environment where men are afraid to be alone with a woman for a conversation. Mm-hmm. And and I saw that it just killed me just watching that because, you know, at PISA, we have in, in our executive leadership program, our board and advisory board serves as mentors to the people in that program. And um, thankfully, every board member that I've asked, you know, will you mentor this individual, whether it's a man or a woman, they're like, yes, I've, mm-hmm. I've never had one of them say to me, I, I just can't mentor a woman. However, I, I did have one member say to me once, you know, I, I won't mentor any women for you. And I said, you know, I hate to hear that. I understand why. Mm-hmm. but that's just not leadership, yeah. you know, and there are, you can leave the door cracked. You can have someone else right outside the door. There are things right. you can do, but it's not leadership to say, well, I, you know, I can't do that. Right. Um, I see leaders as saying, you know, I, I want to help people develop professionally. Right. And if this person is an up and comer, you know, her being a woman, ain't going to keep her outside my office. If I feel like there are things that I can offer to her as a mentor and what we see from our mentors, it's, it's amazing. They learn more from their mentees. Mm-hmm. Very often yeah, a board member will come Absolutely. to me and be like, you know, I didn't want to do that it, because I felt like it was going to be kind of a time suck, but I learned so <laughs> yeah. much and that. thank you. And I'll mentor two people next year. That's- um, but it's just important for women. Yeah, no. I mean, and again, kind of, I mean, your study of 15%, uh, I'm just going to ask you like, so we're, what, what's, what percentage of that is in, is in leadership. Yeah. Um, yeah. 15% women in the yeah. industry generally and in our sector. And of that 15%, 3% See, that's, um, yeah, in, that's, in leadership. That's not good. And, but like you said, so the, those leadership position, positions that, uh, you know, we need to prove that number that number isn't going to be improved if you don't have mentorship. It's not. Because everybody, I mean, I, I've had mentors throughout my career. Everybody, it's nobody does it by themselves. Right. I mean, it's you, you learn from, you have a mentor, he, he, he or she helps you learn the business. Right. But helps you learn the uh, the maybe the political landscape uh, of the oh, company, yeah. which is I don't I don't care what you say to get the uh, position that you're in. There's a political landscape that you have to navigate, and you learn all those things from a mentor. And if you can't get mentored, yeah. so I mean, if you're a female and you and you, you're and and again, it's three percent leadership is female, and you're and you're a new female in the industry. Where are you going to find that mentor? Where are you going to find yeah. that mentor? And that's a really the pro- women in leadership in in, in that in our industry. That's an important point you raise. They're overtaxed because they're on all the nonprofit <laughs> yeah, boards. No all these women are saying, "Will you be my mentor? Will you be my mentor? Will you be my mentor?" <laughs> and there's only so much they can do. They're yeah. trying to run a company. Yeah. yeah. And so th- this woman Denise Hamilton, actually, mm-hmm. I've I've just been so impressed with, um, runs a company called Watch Her Work, and she works with female executives that will impart like mentorship kind of advice Mm -hmm. in a digital way, you know, where you can kind of take pieces of it and, you know, but it's still nothing like a relationship with someone and you need that. I've had extraordinary mentors. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that for the most part have been male. Mm -hmm. And what would I have done if they were like, well, no, you're a single woman. We're not going to go to lunch, you know? And it's just, I've hated to see that. I felt like that was a definitely a negative outcome from the me too movement. Well, it's, Um, and speaking from a male, yeah, you gotta, I mean, I, I'm on a lot of times I'm walking on eggshells mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, dealing with, we even some of our female, like, you know, what you say, what you, right. I, and, and again, we're a pretty small company, so I don't really, I, I say walk on shows. That's, <laughs> that's definitely an over-exaggeration, but, but no, I mean, it's, it's always something in the back of your mind as, as a male, because you just never know. And as you say that, and you, as you, you never know, there's ways around it. But, uh, but again, I, I would, I don't mind, I'd love to be somebody's mentor. I don't think I'd ever say, well, just because they're a female, I wouldn't be your mentor. Um, but I can't say completely that I wouldn't, you know, that, that it's in my thought process is, is a complete thought process of equality. Right. Is that, and that's, that's, I'm sorry, it's embarrassed to admit that, but that's no, true. I mean, it, right. It's such an important part of this discussion that the male doesn't feel like, exactly. you know, he's, he's the easier, problem. It would be easier for me to mentor a male than it, it would, would be a female. It, yeah. Totally. You would feel a little more relaxed about it probably. Yeah. But again, that's why this requires leadership, you yeah. know, and just you having this topic on the podcast, you could be talking about a million different things. Yeah. Um, but having the leadership to really step out and say, look, you know, this is important. We're either going to talk about it. We're going to execute it. It's going to be part of our culture. Um, it's critical, but it has to be done in a way that includes men as participants right. and not the problem. Right. You know, we're That's all in point. it together. It's balanced leadership. We're not anti-man. Yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's well said. That's well said. Yeah. And the other thing I've, and we may or may not keep this part into the podcast, but, <laughs> okay, um, get ready to edit. yeah. So just is one thing I do see and I, I don't know exactly. I don't want to say any stats because I don't know exactly to what extreme we still deal with this, but is a wage pay, like a gap, a gen- uh-huh. gap between gender equality mm-hmm. and not even just um, on payment, but also on um, occupational segmentation to make right. sure that you are getting, if you're supposed to be a manager position, you're getting put in that manager position. Whereas if your counterpart was, of the other gender, would they be in that position over you? That kind of thought process. I don't, do you have any thoughts on that? Or is that something, I don't know if that's something you'd want to talk about or not. Right. Well. You know, that isn't something that we looked at specifically in the study. Um, as far as pay gap, um, I think there was a lot of elements that go into comp, you know, mm-hmm. that, so that's tough. Um, and that just wasn't something that we took on. Um, but I mean, I, I certainly know it exists. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> I know myself right. that right. that exists, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think just knowing that that's out there and having that be part of leadership conversations, mm-hmm. you know, we need to make sure, you know, that if we have people doing the exact same job that have the same educational background, you know, that we can try and create some parity there on salaries. Yeah. I, I think, um, just to even have that conversation at the leadership level is helpful and, right. and people are starting to see more. And you see a lot of the EMPs, all of our customers, these executive bonuses are getting tied um, to diversity. Some mm-hmm. of them are beginning to be tied to environmental impact and, and yeah. you know, things like that. And all of this, and I, I'd like to say and, and add to this, all this diversity and inclusion um, 
topic. This is part of the broader ESG, so environment, social, and governance, Mm -hmm. that is just becoming more and more critical in the industry and in our sector. So, you know, right now, our member companies, there's a lot of reasons why we don't have access to capital, Mm -hmm. right? Um, What's happening in the market. But there are investors that will not invest in in public companies because of our ESG scores. um, And that is around environmental impact on the EPs, on S, that's all around diversity and inclusion. If you don't have some diversity on your board, if you're not able to, you know, report out what you're doing on culture and, um, you know, and then in governance, all of those things that impacts actually the financials of the business. Mm -hmm. So this, when we opened Kayla, I know you said, you know, it's a moral, it's a right to do kind of thing, but at the end of the day, it does also get back to the financials, um, of the business. And, And we've seen those studies that say, you know, diverse leadership produces higher returns. Um, they didn't make those studies up, right? You know, um, there, there is something to be gained above just doing the right thing. Right. Right. Um, as it pertains both to diversity and inclusion and in the broader ESG discussion. Yeah. That makes, that makes perfect sense. I just went blank. <laughs> you went blank. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, well, I want to get into what y'all are doing for PISA as sure. well for, to get into in depth of all your projects and yeah. So if you absolutely touch base on that as well, I will. Um, so like I said, I've been at PISA for about five years. Um, and when I came on, I think we had maybe seven different committees and about 35 people involved in committees. Um, today we have 17 different committees and 350 people wow. active, um, from about 60 member companies. Wow. So, um, that wasn't growth just for growth. That was, you know, looking at what can we as the trade association that represents the oil field service and supply sector, what what issues do we need to be looking at and tackling? And in terms of supply chain, those issues are, you know, digital, AI, blockchain, um, in terms of health and safety, you know, there's occupational, there's all a myriad health and safety issues. And then there's other just straight up benchmarking things that we weren't doing and diversity and inclusion was one. So three years ago, we uh, started a diversity and inclusion committee. Um, and that committee's mission basically is to develop a leadership pipeline within PISA okay. that is diverse. So our committee chairmanships, mm-hmm. you know, we strive for diverse candidates there. And then the pipeline of a committee chairman then goes to the advisory board and advisory boards pipeline to the board so that, you know, we will ultimately have a diverse board. Oh, yeah. And that's how companies are doing it too. You know, like I said, it, it starts from the bottom um, and you're really kind of trying to develop out instead of just placing, dropping a cherry in the back of it, you know, yeah. and saying, okay, that's fixed now. It really has to come up from the yeah, bottom. There has yeah. to be a pipeline. So that committee. I guess it has, because if it comes from the bottom up, then it's more proven. It is. So to speak. It's I mean, proven. It's, and it's, the right person goes in the right job. Right, yeah. And it's not just because they were a woman, you know, there's nothing that can work against somebody hard. I mean, I wouldn't want to be chosen for a board position, for yeah. example. Absolutely. And I come in and sit down and everybody looks at me and they're like, well, I know why she's here. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's the, and I think that's part Part of the problem with that that's that's usually the the solution right affirmative yeah. action we'll, we'll just yeah just put get some people in there uh let's meet the quota and all that kind of stuff yes that's, that's awful i mean that's because that, again that just works against you but from the i understand what you're saying from the ground up you do that people it's proven over time yes where people can't argue the point well the, does this person deserve to be in this chair heck yeah they, yeah, they do there's no question yeah, yeah. and that person in that chair isn't questioning themselves either right that's well the that's other, true too yeah when you're getting that getting that box checked when they're mm-hmm. trying to just 
check that box. Yeah, so I think, you know, leaders in general, I mean, I, you know, I think I mentioned this earlier is that, uh, you know, leaders don't want a leg up. I mean, they, they want to no, earn. We don't need a leg up. Yeah, we can exactly. get there. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> And, I, and again, I, if they do need a leg up, they probably aren't a good leader, right. quite frankly. So, no, well, that's a good point. It, it's important to think, you know, about uh, about what the goal is mm-hmm. at the end of the day and then how you're going to get to yeah. that, how you're going to develop your way there yeah. instead of checking a box to just, yeah, okay, we're done with that. Now, next thing. Well, that's, you know? that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Anything else that Peace is doing that you want to talk sure. about? Sure. So that committee um, did the first uh, gender diversity study of its kind within the wow. sector. So we got um, demographics on 250,000 employees wow. in oil field services and equipment. Yes. Wow. Impressive. And so from that study, you know, we were able to glean exactly what the percentage of women is in the sector, which is 15 yeah. percent, which is kind of right there, with EMP. Um, but, you know, we were able to ask what are some of the policies that the companies who are able to retain women have. And those are the ones that I've been talking about that parental leave that, you know, flex time. Is that something that you're going to continue doing? I mean, so you're, so I guess 15% is kind of the, that's the starting. That's the baseline. And we needed to discover what the baseline was. Because we didn't even know. Mm -hmm. How sad is that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) In our sector, we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So so how often do you think you'll be doing this? I mean, it's probably not annually. It's not annually. Iterations of that study, probably every three years. Um, And we're talking about, you know, how the other levels of diversity we need to go into. Yeah, yeah. Um, but from the, you know, the gender piece that we started with, we developed a toolkit for our member companies that has, you know, a maturity index and you can look on it and say, okay, where is my company? And it, you know, there's like four different sections. Mm. Okay. You identify where you are because you first have to figure out your yeah. baseline. Yeah. And then it has recommendations on policies to implement that can move you to the next phase. So that toolkit we're promoting to our members. Um, and then now just next year, we're about to roll out a diversity and inclusion champion for leaders certification program through PISA. Okay. So like I said, we do a ton of workforce development, our engage, our leadership engagement um, program on that's kind of executive coaching mm-hmm. has done so well. So we're developing this curriculum kind of around that. And it's going to be, you know, a year long course for PISA members. Any leader comes in and, you know, and, you know, participates in the program, four different seminars on different topics, you know, unconscious bias, leadership pipeline, bias, yeah. all, all of the hot topics, you know, how to develop, yeah. um, your talent. Um, and then, you know, different kind of peer coaching and things like that with a graduation at the end and a certification that you do as a leader, understand huh. the diversity elements and you can begin to implement them and integrate them in your own company. Yeah. And that's a part of it at the end as you present how you're going to integrate those tools into yeah. your company. Well, and again, I, I think the, I mean, diversity, it's not diversity for the sake of diversity. It's I, the way I look at it is it's diversity for survival. Mm-hmm. I mean, from this, for this industry, because like we said, it's, we've got a problem. Right. got to solve it. We need that talent. We have to have the talent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we don't, we're, we're going to, we're going to not disappear. I don't think, but it's, we're, <laughs> right. we're not going to do good things. We're not going right. to do great things. We're not like going to succeed like we could. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I, th- I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of places in this world where it's diversity for the sake of diversity, which, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how, I guess there's some benefit to that, but we're not in that situation. We're diversity for survival right right now in the in the oil and gas industry, I think. But definitely for yeah. the talent that we need to solve the problems that we have, the challenges that we have as an industry. Yeah. Yeah. There are no greater challenges. 
Well, that's probably a good place to end this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Leslie, thanks so much. Yeah, I really thank appreciate you. you. And Peggy, it was great, great having you in here. Thank and you. and again, Kayla, good <laughs> well, job. Thank Way you. To go. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, again, thanks for this sure. has been a great topic. I, you know, it's it's uh, obviously a topic that a lot of people kind of want to stay away from, but that's mm-hmm. kind of the topic right? we want to talk about. Exactly. So and I think it's such an important thing to talk about. And, and I hope our listeners at least glean something from here. I mean, again, it's, I think to a certain extent, it's, we, we have to, we have to start changing the way we think. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, I think what you guys are doing at, at PISA is, is a, is a really, I mean, that's getting the Thank right you, direction. Steve. All the, all the benchmarking that you're talking about, the studies, I, I love that. I, I want to see more of that. So after, after this, I want to find out where I can find them. I'm going to get all your people signed up for yeah, my program. Absolutely. Certification. We're, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. <laughs> but no, everybody, thanks for joining us today. It's been a, it's been a great day for us. Uh, again, thanks for Pisa and thanks Leslie for joining us. And I hope you all enjoyed this, uh, this episode of what the frack and where's Gino to say what the I frack. I, that was I'll say it. What the frack. There you go. <laughs>